Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode six. Have you ever wondered how brands just like yours manage to score epic magazine spreads with all their products or their business story featured on a morning TV show or the project? PR, two little letters that hold such mystery for business owners. But generating your own publicity can actually be more simple than you think when you have the important pieces of the puzzle in place. And my guest today, Odette Barry, PR mentor and consultant from Odette & Co., who is so incredibly smart and generous and inspiring, she is going to help us today break down the mystery and share how brands just like you can generate your own publicity and brand exposure. We talk through what exactly public relations is, what you need to have in place first, how to shortlist the right people to approach, and then how to build a relationship with them that doesn't feel icky. So listen in, grab a pen and paper. You are going to learn so much in this episode and enjoy. Welcome Odette to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's an absolute delight, Lisa. I have been really looking forward to this conversation. So thanks for having me. Yay, me too. We've been little Insta friends for quite a while now. So this is our first face-to-face, but technology is against us. So we're not actually looking at each other today, (laughs) but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Look, technology is so bloody amazing for, you know, those of us that are in regional areas and, you know, well, it's amazing for everyone, right? But Sometimes it really lets us down. It does, but we are going to power through because we have got some information to share today and I know my listeners would love to hear about what you do. Um, And, well, let's tell everybody what you do. Who are you? What do you do? And who do you help? (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, uh, my name's Odette Barry and I'm the founder of a little tiny micro PR agency based in Byron Bay. And I am a publicist and a PR mentor. And in the, in the days of everyone being a mentor or coach these days, um, I thought I'd jump on the bandwagon, but basically because I see so much sense in doing this, so many small business owners, um, can have huge benefits from doing publicity and getting their brand into media headlines. But unfortunately, Mm. it's a bloody expensive service. So I've created a nine-week program that teaches entrepreneurs um, and also publicists, social media managers and other people in the communications field how to really, really navigate the media landscape with style and with epic results. So it's something I'm pretty passionate about. (laughs) 
Yes. And I've, I know a few people, one of my clients, Claire Divine from the, the new Divine has gone through your program and just couldn't rave enough about it. And a couple of uh, my biz friends, Mel from a brand is not a logo. She's gone through it as well. And yeah, the results are pretty nuts getting into some fairly (laughs) decent, um, you know, publications and websites and, um, even just the connections, uh, that, these you know people can make through publicity and learning how to do it you know upskilling so why don't we go back to basics a little bit and for anyone who isn't quite sure or hasn't quite got their head around what public relations or publicity is could you break it down for us a little bit yeah for sure and um thank you so much for being such an advocate for my business and and sending epic humans my way it's been a real delight Claire is just true to her name, an absolutely divine mm-hmm. human. Um, but yes, so <laughs> um, public relations is basically the act of amplifying a brand's visibility um, through mechanisms other than your own platforms. So if you think about, um, you know, the broader marketing and communications domain that we know we need to operate in, most people know they need a social media strategy and touch points. They know they need a website. They generally know they need brand identity and logo. Um, but one of the things that a lot of people don't know and understand is publicity. And there's kind of a good reason why people don't know it because it's it's somewhat of a hidden lever of power. Um, if, if everyone talked about how they secured their media headlines – it's like showing inside the sausage factory. It's showing all of the <laughs> mechanisms, the hustling, all of the chasing that went in behind the scenes to secure a, you know, brand mention in Vogue or, you know, a slot on the project. But basically, we, you know, it, it, it seems like it's very technical. It seems like it's wizardry. But basically, PR mm-hmm. is the act of emailing and phone calls and a whole bunch of Insta stalking to forge relationships and meaningful connections with people within the media landscape in order to get those brand mentions, to get stories happening. And often when we look to our peers in the industry who are achieving media headlines, often we kind of think, oh, they must have been tapped on the shoulder by the journalist. They've been seen and spotted and discovered. But I would say between 50 and 80% of headlines that occur in any publication have been pitched by either a publicist or a business owner DIYing their PR in order to secure those wins. So that's kind of why I love teaching it because I know that number one, it's not super difficult, but number two, it is very achievable if you are willing to put the time and energy into some gentle relationship building, you'll have your own little black book of media contacts that you can call, email, DM uh, time and time again in the future to amplify the voice of your brand. So we look at like the sort of different categories of um, the communications channels of like paid, earned media. So we have our owned media, which is our own channels, like our social media, our website, our marketing collateral that we print. 
We then have the paid media, which is like the advertising. So our Google or Facebook ads or buying print ads or radio jingles. But then we have our earned media, which is publicity, which is where we have to woo (laughs) journos, producers, editors, whoever it is with our magic. So we need to show them that we know our shit or we show them that we have that new sparkly thing that no one else is doing or we have this amazing knowledge or expertise that we can share. So publicity, the earned part, and that's all about relationship building and um, being super generous with what you know. Totally. And well, you've just done it there. You've just been so generous with what you know, and that is super clear about what it what it is and how we can do it. And we're breaking it down, relationships. It's it, That's all it is. And marketing is very much the same thing. And I find mm. that the relationships, um, building new ones for small or growing business owners, even very established business owners, I find that women find it really daunting and a bit scary to reach out and put themselves out there. Um, have you found that with the women that you work with? Yeah, there's definitely, there's kind of two folds to that because I think that a lot of people, you know, almost the cloak of anonymity that almost comes with the facade of a business front on social media can be quite advantageous for people who are, you know, willing to be on behalf of their brand rather than being the individual. So doing some like social media sleuthing to build rapport with people can be a little less challenging than perhaps if you didn't have that badge of being an entrepreneur or business owner. But fear and imposter syndrome and all of these things, tall poppy syndrome, they all sort of come together into this melting pot of ickiness <laughs> for so many small business owners that gets in the way of people putting themselves out there. But I think one of the biggest things is kind of just knowing that to be true and then asking yourself when you feel that fear, when you have those sort of cycling thoughts about I'm not good enough, I'm not the best in my category, I don't know the most, is know that most people run through <laughs> that cycle themselves But just look at it and say, if this is true, does it serve me if it is true? And if it's not going to serve you, then just push on through it anyway. Um, There's a beautiful TED Talk by Mike Cannon-Brooks, the co-founder of Atlassian on on YouTube that anyone can look up. Um, And he talks about using his own imposter syndrome to sort of double down on his research to ensure that he was the person in the room that knew what he was talking about and knew what everyone else was talking about. He just went really hard on research to ensure that he was equipped to have those conversations. And I kind of think that sometimes that fear is useful because sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you aren't ready. And I think it's important to acknowledge that in yourself that you don't have to jump just because everyone else is. So, do it at your own pace, make sure that you've got all of your ducks lined up and then you can build your confidence from there. But sometimes you do kind of just have to wait it out and do the work. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think is those ducks that you have to line up before you dive into a PR strategy or PR or reaching out to somebody? Yeah, totally. There's so many things that I think are just like some like fundamental basics that you just want to have really, um, really squared off. And the first thing is one, having epic 
reviews or feedback or testimonials from your clients. Because what that says is not only when someone comes and have a, has a look at the product or your socials, they're going to see them, but moreover, it tells you that you're getting it right. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when we're creating our own thing, we can, um, you know, become our number one fan and sometimes our worst enemy. But, you know, we can get really stuck in our own lane and think that the thing that we're doing is pretty special. So it's important to have that external feedback from happy customers and clients that tell us what we're doing is great because then it means when we go out to market, we're going to be able to convert those new eyeballs into traction for our business and it's not just going to be media mentions for media's sake. Um, Whilst I'm always (laughs) a big advocate for um, securing headlines any which way, I think it is important that when we invest our energy in business, we do it mindfully knowing that we have some very, very finite resources that need to be Um, allocated carefully. So making sure you've got happy customers, number one. Number two is making sure that you have a great place to convert people. So if it's you're an online e-commerce business, making sure that you have a beautiful, seamless user experience across your website, beautiful, strong imagery, lovely logo and branding, great messaging across the website, and then an effortless checkout point. So if you're a service-based business, you have, you know, appointment booking capability that's simple, that you've got availability in your calendar. Um, and if you're a product-based business, making sure that, you know, the check checkout point is fabulous, um, you're fully stocked on your product, but also that you've got your Facebook pixel set up so that you can retarget any of these new audiences that might come your way. And then the last thing is just making sure that you (laughs) are really happy and confident or at least can fake it until you arrive there. (laughs) Oh, you are speaking my language with all those tick boxes. And that's what I always refer to as, you know, your foundations. And I see so many uh, business owners sort of being whipped into a frenzy of action because there's uh, of, you know, marketing and advertising and, and promoting themselves, which is fantastic. However, they don't have those really strong building blocks and foundations in place. So any traffic that they are generating and working so hard to generate and send into their website, if your message isn't clear about what you sell, who it's for, the solution it provides, if you don't have the proof, okay, this product does do A, B and C, and we've got happy customers to prove it, and then, of course, the checkout system and the, the product images, you are going to lose those beautiful, you know, prospective cl- uh, customers and it's hard to get them back again. And you work so damn hard to get them there. <laughs> you want to make yes. sure that, you know, all of your energy goes to good use. And, you know, similarly for any people that, you know, they might be a health practitioner or have a physical retail store, the same goes, you, you know, is your you know, retail precinct looking schmick? Does it fully represent what your the story you're telling through your publicity? Um, you know, are your staff completely across the fact that you're doing PR? So there might be people asking questions about those sorts of things. So sort of just briefing across all of the touch points where new audience might come to visit you. Yeah, absolutely. And let's say you have got those really strong foundations and you're, you know, you're already attracting customers and converting and making sales. So you're ready to get started with PR. How, you know, 
so many people kind of scratch their heads when they think, well, who do I contact? What do I say? How do I get started? What would be your advice for, for those kind of people? Yeah, sure. So I think there's a couple of key steps when it comes to PR. Um, but let me just like preface this by saying none of this is going to sound like rocket science. So <laughs> these are very, very simple steps that anyone can take. And um, I'm not dumbing it down. It, it is for real that it is this simple. But basically, yeah. the first thing that I would recommend people doing is getting really clear on what their stories are. So mm-hmm. when, the, some ways that you can do this is ask yourself um, some of these questions about yourself. Like, you know, what was the breaking point that drove me to create what I create today? Um, why do I do what I do? What is it that I make and what are the steps and foundations in that that might be interesting or curious to other people? There's like a whole series of questions that you can ask yourself about what you do that can start to become stories that you might be able to share outside of, um, you know, outside in the media landscape. But basically um, the first thing that you want to do is survey your audience, Find out where they go to be delighted, to be educated, to upskill, to find out what's new in your product category because you want to make your time and energy count. (laughs) You don't want to be just going to media outlets that you love but that might not necessarily serve you. So we want to be super strategic and, you know, efficient with our time and energy. So I just think a really easy way to do this is to put up some Insta stories, some polls, quiz your audience on what they're reading, listening to, what TV shows they watch, um, what podcasts they love, what digital outlets they might subscribe to because that will just allow you to create a bit of a short list of places where it might make sense for you to appear. And then once you have that short list, I want you to make it even shorter (laughs) Because you might get a list of 10 different outlets. Um, it's I really recommend pulling that list down to three so that you don't drown in research because I really think that it's important that you spend as much time as you possibly can doing research. We want to go deep rather than going wide. So the old world of publicity was wide. It was all about yes. spray and pray. Um, get, you know, get every email you can possibly find, you know, your auntie's brother's sister's mother is a publicist and can get you a contact list of a database. And this, the outcome of that behavior is that the current, um, statistics are that only a quarter of the pictures that journalists receive, um, three quarters of the journals say that they're not relevant to them. So if you do the research, you are above 75% of the pictures that arrive in their inbox. You're in a very small minority, which puts you in a very good stead. So um, Malcolm Gladwell has the 10,000-hour rule. I have the 10-article rule. So it's either 10 podcast episodes, 10 articles, watch 10 news slots. But basically you want to watch, listen, consume enough media by specific individuals, so like the journalist or the news anchor who does those particular stories, so that Mm -hmm. you know their beat inside out. It's really, really important that you know the individual 
that you're going to be reaching out to. So then you've surveyed your audience, you know who what outlets they're interested in. You then need to do some keyword research on who is who in the zoo at those outlets. So you might type in features editor at Marie Claire. You might type in producer at the project. Whatever outlets people gave you, you can hit Google, you can hit LinkedIn, and you can so easily create your own little database of the key people that are going to be meaningful for your outreach. And then Mm -hmm. what I would urge people is spend four weeks at a minimum romancing those relationships. So getting to know them. So you're reading their articles and consuming their content, but you're also starting to forge a bit of a friendship online. So whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram, um, only if they have a public account on Instagram, just as a little flag, um, but reply to their stories, comment on their photos and content and start to build a little bit of banter so that strategically when your email arrives in their inbox, you're going to be a familiar name. Now, I can't stress how important this is, but I've spoken to so many journos. Uh, Josie Tutty, who was the uh, ex-editor of Mumbrella, she said to me that if she stepped away from her inbox um, when she was on deadline for an hour, she would be 100 emails in and on page two of her inbox. So Mm -hmm. it is so important that your name is familiar before you get into their inbox. And and moreover, that you are – you know, you don't ask for marriage on the first date. Similarly, we want to be, you know, creating some romance, having a bit of a dating game happening uh, before yes. we ask for a feature. So we've got our outlets, we've got our individuals, we've started some romance. And ideally, and for so many of the students that come through my program, at this point they get invited to contribute or to be a feature before they've even pitched because like any savvy journalist, someone news come onto their radar in their product area or what they typically write about, of course they're going to go and sleuth their socials, their website and check them out and potentially invite them to contribute or, you know, ask for product imagery for a particular shoot they might be working on. So, yeah, you know, that doesn't happen every time. <laughs> um, otherwise, the yeah, because- would be out of work. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And the journos are often, it's not like they've got their blinkers to any new story or any new product. They're like, they're too good for anything new. They're also looking and scouting for fun things to talk about that, you know, yeah, is in their area of expertise or topics. Yeah, totally. So um, the next sort of piece of work for you is to make sure behind the scenes you've built a really solid media kit. And by media kit, it's basically just having a Google or Dropbox drive set up with high resolution and web resolution imagery of if you're a product of your product with deep etch background and also lifestyle imagery clearly labeled with exactly what the product is or who the individuals are if you're a service-based business. And then if you are a product-based business, also putting together a bit of a one-page catalog, small images, title of the product, the price, the location for where to purchase and any specific detail and the name of the image that it's stored under 
so that the journo doesn't have to come back and forth a million times saying, what's this image? Is this this? Is this that? (laughs) You basically want to be able to send them one email that gives them everything they need in order to run with a story if that were the case. So in your Google Drive, you'd also have a media bio. So two or three paragraphs that outlines who you are, what the business is and what the product overview is. Um, And then you might also need to include links to your social media and your website. And then on the back end of your media kit, so an internal document just for you, not something that you're sharing with them, I would recommend creating a bit of a fact sheet that gives you Mm -hmm. the ultimate confidence (laughs) to speak like a pro about your product, about your industry niche at the drop of a hat because you've got all the key stats and figures and also a bunch of key messages as they relate to your business. That They're the kinds of things that roll really smoothly. They're rememberable. They are those sticky moments that people will see a seven-second news grab and mm-hmm. <laughs> remember who you are. Yes. And that's the kind of thing that having all of that online will mean that if you're up in the hills camping, you can fire off a quick email with a link to your Dropbox and still win a story. Yeah. And I I mean, they're amazing pieces of advice there. And it's the type of stuff that gives you a kick up the bum. And I know a lot of people would... <laughs> A lot of people I speak to wouldn't have any of this stuff sorted. They may have it in various folders or a couple of good images, but they really could do with a new photo shoot of their product, getting those deep etched images done. And, you know, we can't expect PR just to land in our lap. It's like marketing. If you are serious about building your business, you have to invest your time. You have to get over yourself. You have to invest in, you know, your money and your energy. And it's the same for PR. You, you've got to put the, the hard work in. But once it's done, it's done. And like you said, if you're on a holiday and you get a ping and you can send off this PR kit and the machine can roll without you. Totally. And like the the media landscape moves really quickly. So if they can't mm. get a response from someone who available for comment or supplying images, they'll use the next product in the list because they have hundreds of pictures in the same category. Um, so moving quickly and being really responsive and a delight to work with is so key in PR. And I can't stress that being a delight to work with strongly enough because um, – like PR, when I said earlier about it not being rocket science, it's basically just about being a good human. So be friendly, be courteous, don't get snappy. You know, mm-hmm. like often there's some unreasonable respect requests. Like, can you jump on the phone for a comment in five minutes or 15 minutes? Um, yeah. And, you know, like our nerves are playing against us, all of the things. But if you want the opportunities, you've got to be hungry and ready to jump. Um, but yeah. then the other part is, with the quality of images, they really – so one thing mm-hmm. I'd recommend here, if you are in the process of getting images images sorted, um, I would say go and do a Pinterest mood board and select mm-hmm. some images from some of the key outlets you'd like to appear in because magazines these days rarely shoot – Uh, product imagery for Mm. features like some of the real high-end top tier mags do 
but most of them will use supplied imagery. So you want to really supply images in the style that they typically run, really high quality and work with your photographer. Let them know that you're pitching to Vogue or, you know, broadsheet or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. because then you can work towards making sure you have exactly the right kind of imagery. I was chatting to um, a tech journalist the other day, David Swan at The Australian, and he was saying it's actually completely out of his hands. It doesn't matter the quality of the story. If he doesn't have a good quality image, his his Mm -hmm. photo editors won't run the story. So it's the difference between what page the story runs on um, in print or whether the story runs at all. And the same goes with TV. If you're pitching a TV story, it's a really good idea to even iPhone footage is absolutely fine, shoot at landscape, Mm -hmm. but have some B-roll footage because that's going to be the difference between a one-minute segment and a three-minute segment. If they've got lots of B-roll footage to use, they can talk for longer. So have a think about yeah. what you could film behind the scenes. Is it the process of making the things that you do or is it, you know, you walking around your office or packing product or packing whatever orders. it might be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, think about like watch the news. If, if you're going for, a you know, a nightly news pitch, watch the news a few times over and look at the leading stories and see what kind of footage they offer. They generally will have a close-up, a mid-range, and a pan across a space. So have a Mm -hmm. think about what sort of shot you could take with your phone um, Mm -hmm. to create some of that sort of padding footage. Yeah, love it. So, so practical. And I like how, yeah, you really are demystifying it. You know, all you need to do is go and do a little bit of research of your own, get, you know, knowledge is power, understand what you need and how the system works, and then find the right people. And then it comes down to your angle, which is one of my questions. So, when would be the right time, let's say, an, for an e-commerce brand owner, like if they're launching a product or if they're launching a new range or, you know, their business has grown considerably, what, what do you think in your experience is a great time to start thinking about PR? Well, it, you know, it really depends. Um, so with new products, like Journalists basically work around a couple of founding principles with content. So um, the news is basically, by definition, what is new happening right now. So (laughs) we always have to have that in mind when we're pitching stories because if you've got a – if it's a new product launching, then – by virtue of it being new, it's new. So it's a new story. Um, If we don't have a new thing, then we have to think about um, some of the other things that news stories get to get pinned around. So basically that's like what's happening right now. So is it a season or a trend? Mm. So if it's like a spring product for mums or (laughs) is it a – is there a celebrity affiliation that we can leverage? So – the royals are massive for stories or you know what she wore was is it linked to the kardashians <laughs> yeah uh, right celebrity affiliation is really big yeah and also then trends so um looking at um changes in human behavior or perhaps the release of a new scientific report 
Um, data and research is a big news hook for media outlets. So mm-hmm. if you can link it, link it to affecting a large proportion of the population or a very small proportion of the population, you kind of have an opportunity to use those things as leverage points, as a news hook. But for businesses yeah. that are considering should I you know, include PR as part of my campaign. Um, if you have a strong new thing, then mm-hmm. um, there's some great opportunity there. I would generally recommend to people to have at least a four-week window um, before the thing happens that you're pitch before you start pitching. So mm-hmm. for print media, you're looking at something like a three-month window of a runway that you need because they're generally a couple of magazines ahead. So they'll be in a different season than the one right now. So mm-hmm. in generally, they'll generally be starting to work on their March, April editions. So you really do have to think well in advance. But then for digital, that's a totally different story. You kind of have like a two or three week window um, that you might be pitching around. For TV news, you could pitch on the day if it was a really strong story. Um, if it's not a really strong news hook, you might give them a bit more of a notice period of a couple of weeks. Um, and if it was a event-based story, you would do like a four-week four diary date, you know, heads up yep. and then like a reminder yep. pitch, you know, in the week prior. So, there's kind of no one rule <laughs> for, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when you should be pitching. But basically the biggest thing that will give you a great indication of when and what you should pitch is scan through the magazines that you want to be featured in and look at mm-hmm. how they run their stories because some of them will have gift guides for Mother's Day or Father's Day Um, Others won't run gift guides, but if they do have a gift guide, they will be planning that out months and months in advance. So if you're thinking about it, make sure you reach out really early and plan that in advance. Um, But if you're looking for a feature editorial that's not specific to a particular date, you can really reach out anytime and start that conversation because it will take some time to get that kind of story off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I have learned so much today chatting to you and um, it certainly has changed. I was, I did PR way back in the day, like early 2000s and that's why I'm So I worked in TV and radio and we had a fax machine dedicated to press releases and it literally just used to, the paper used to just spew out um, all day, all night. Um, so yeah, it's been so interesting to, to chat to you today. And it feels like it's one of those things where, yes, it's very simple when you break it down, but having the support of someone like yourself to walk you through those stages and to point you in the right direction could be, you know, the difference between doing it and, and doing it right and getting that return on investment or not doing it at all. So if someone's out there (laughs) listening and they're ready to sort of make something happen for their business using public public relations how can they work with you to to make it happen well um there's a couple of different ways i have my flagship nine week hack your own pr program um and that's basically all live um online 
program where we walk together through the process of identifying your media strategy and me coaching you through designing it and then implementing it together. So it's pretty fun. It's four blocks of theory and then we have three live calls with journalists from Channel 7, uh, producer from The Project and the editor from Smart Company. And we also have two one-on-one private strategy sessions throughout the program. So it's pretty valuable. It's bloody awesome if I do say so. It sounds awesome. Um, And has some epic results. (laughs) Um, But I also do um, one-on-one sessions, uh, 90-minute strategy sessions to give people a bit of a kick up the bum in the right direction. (laughs) Or I do done-for-you strategy sessions which gives everyone basically all the homework from Hack Your Own PR done for you and then you go and implement it yourself. So there's a few different options. And then, of course, there's my podcast, which is Hack Your Own PR, where I interview journalists, editors, producers and publicists all across the industry to ask them exactly what they're looking for in a pitch. So if you're looking for the DIY freebie situation, That podcast is absolute gold. Um, You know, you can get to know a specific journalist in 45-minute interview. Um, Their contact details are shared in every episode and then you can start your own romancing from there as well. I love it. And this episode has been absolute freebie gold. So thank you so, so much. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Yeah, the best place is probably find me on Instagram and that's Odette, O-D-E-T-T-E and co or one word. Um, or you can look up Hack Your Own PR on Spotify or iTunes and, yeah, come and say hi. Yeah, slide into your DMs. Always Thank love you. a DM chat with anyone that wants to talk about PR. <laughs> Hey, it's practice in building relationships. It's baby steps, isn't it? Talking to you first. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. Thanks for joining us this week on the e-commerce marketing society podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future apps. If you found value in today, I would be forever grateful for a rating on iTunes, or if you just tell your biz friends about the podcast, that would be great too. If you'd like to learn more about me and my one-on-one six month coaching program strategy to sales, head over to my website, www.lisaburn.com.au and be sure to tune in next week for more marketing goodness with lots of love and lots of sales. I'll see you next week.